0: our online community of believers this second Sunday of Easter. We are Bethany Presbyterian Church, a more light congregation that has learned to embrace the LGBTQI community and the leadership of so many gifted individuals who seek to humbly follow the teachings of Jesus Christ. This is a place to remember, I am a child of God, holy and beloved. Please say that again with me. I am a child of God, holy and beloved. Bethany is a place where strangers of all ages become friends. Now, I'd like to share a few announcements. Thank you for registering your attendance at worship by using the online registration form available on Facebook and on our church website. We especially want to welcome those who are worshiping with us for the first time. If you would like to learn more about us, contact our church administrator, Katie Sutliff, at bethanypreztacoma at gmail.com. Please join us for coffee hour on Zoom right after worship. The link is right above the Facebook comments box. Make a note, there will be no Bible studies this week. Studies will resume at their normal times next week, April 19th and 20th. Our worship theme for Eastertide is courage. Please think about people you have known or read about that displayed the courage needed to face their days. For our call to
1: worship this morning, we turn to Psalm 133. And as I read this psalm, I remind you that oil was used in the times of the Hebrew people to bring healing and wholeness. And this, this call is for everyone. And Mount Hermon was the source of water in a dry land. So let us let's be called to worship. How wonderful, how beautiful when brothers and sisters get along. It's like costly anointing oil flowing down head and beard. Flowing down Aaron's beard, flowing down the collar of his priestly robes, is like the dew on Mount Hermon, flowing down the slopes of Zion. Yes, that's where God commands the blessing and ordains eternal life. Let us worship God together. in this Easter season, we pause now in the service to quiet our souls and just reflect on where we thirst for God, where we need healing. So we confess our sin together using a song that we now sing. worry about anything, but by prayer and supplication, make your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will keep your minds and your hearts in Christ Jesus. Therefore, believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God.
0: We are on this journey of life together. The road is ever before us. As a community of friends and family gathered in spirit, I offer you the peace of Christ. May the peace of Christ be with you. Please greet one another with the peace that is God's gift to us this day. Take a moment to write your blessings in the comments section and to check in with your community.
2: Hi, Bethany. How are you guys? I hope you're doing well. I'm here with my daughters, Lucy and Taya. Lucy, sit down, please. (laughs) And we are talking about being courageous today. What does being courageous mean? I know. You know? What does it mean? It means
3: being brave.
2: It means being brave. That's right. Is it hard to be brave? Yes. Sometimes it is hard to be brave. And we're going to read this story called The Magical Yet about a girl who is struggling to be brave. There are days when your dreams haven't come true, or you're upset by the things you can't do. If you've lost or failed or cried just a bit, you're tired of waiting, ready to quit. I've certainly felt like that before. Have you ever wanted to quit something?
0: Yes, multiple times. (laughs) Yeah,
2: right? (laughs) Like that shiny new bike you couldn't ride, and it didn't matter how hard you tried. You couldn't pedal, and you couldn't steer, and you couldn't get that bike into gear. Then when you thought you were on the right track, you popped a wheelie and fell on your back. Have you ever struggled riding your bike? No. I I can't even do a wheelie yet. I wish I could do a wheelie. That would be so cool. (laughs) But you had a hard time when you were learning to ride your bike, right? Yeah. Were you almost ready to give up? I, I already did
0: give up for a long period of time.
2: Right, yeah and now you won't ride. No way, not ever. No riding for you. You'll walk forever. (laughs) Sound familiar? (laughs) Don't give up now. There's a major game changer, a most amazing thought rearranger, someone to show you how good you can get. Now introducing the power of yet. What do you think that means, the power of yet? I know it. What does it mean, Taya? It means instead of saying I can't do this, say I can't do this yet. Oh, there are so oh, there are so many things that you've learned to do when you didn't know the yet was with you. Like when you babbled before you could talk, or how you crawled before you could walk. This yet finds a way even when you don't, and yet knows you will when you think you won't. Who else knows what, that what you can do?
3: um I can I can hop
2: You can hop Like that shiny new bike that you couldn't ride hop right back on with the yet by your side Yet doesn't mind warm-ups, fixes and flops, do-overs, redos, stumbles and stops Yet knows there's mistakes, some big and some small. With yet, you're sure to get over them all. What's another word we could put in place of yet that would work? What if I tried it like this? God knows there's mistakes, some big and some small. With God, you're sure to get over them all. That makes sense, too. Does that work, too? Yeah. Play the kazoo or play the bassoon. Jam with the yet, and you'll soon be in tune. Try skateboarding tricks like the ollie heel flip. This yet can get to the championships. Tongue twisters twisted your tongue in a knot. Yet says keep trying and practice a lot. Be patient. Yet can't do it all overnight. Some things take days, months, or years to get right. That's sometimes the hardest part of waiting to get good at something, huh? Is how long it can take to get good at it.
0: I'm already good at it.
2: Oh, what are you good at? I'm riding my bike. Yeah. But if you keep leaping, dreaming, wishing, waiting, learning, trying, missing, uh, with yet as your guide along the way, you can all the things you can do uh, you can do all the things you can't do today now you're bolder braver starting to see with god by your side you can get where you want to be you finally did it god knew you could you're not just writing you're getting quite good but don't stop now you've got so much to do the good news is this yet grows with you so no matter how big or old you may get, you'll never outgrow. You'll never forget. You can always believe in the, mat, in the power of yet. So just like, just like we have to think about how we can't do things yet, one way, uh, sorry, it's hard with these little ones, but uh, something you can do is pray to God. And know that God's with you always, even when you're struggling, even when you're ready to give up. And just because you can't see God or hear God doesn't mean that God's not there working, helping you, being there with you. Just like, just like yet. Because you can't do it just yet. And it takes courage to try when you feel like you're going to fail. So I hope that you all have a wonderful rest of your Sunday. And I can't wait to see you next week. All right. Thank you. Bye.
0: Listen now to the scripture readings from Acts four thirty two 35 Now the whole group of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one claimed private ownership of any possessions, but everything they owned was held in common. With great power, the apostles gave their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and a great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as owned lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold. They laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. 1 John 1, 1 1-4 We declare to you what was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. This life was revealed and we have seen it and testify to it and declare to you the eternal life that was with the Father and was revealed to us. We declare to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the Father And with his son Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
1: Our gospel lesson comes from John chapter 20 verses 19 through 31. Listen for God's word for us. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his sides. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit, and if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who is called the twin, Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, For the people of God. Will you join me in prayer? O God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. When I think about Christian community and courage, there are stories from across the decades of my life in ministry that flood across my memory banks. There was the sanctuary movement in the 1980s when we were living in the Napa Valley. California was full of migrant workers coming from Central America where there was much civil war and strife. And so our churches got involved in the sanctuary movement working to open our spaces so families and individuals could be protected from immigration issues. Another time, the Delaware River flooded the towns of Lambertville and Stockton. And we as Presbyterian churches mobilized with the Salvation Army to get meals that very night so people would have dinner along the Delaware River. And we kept up that mobilization for days. And then 9-11 happened, and we mobilized Presbyterians to take turns being at St. Paul's Episcopal Chapel in the lower Manhattan of New York City to minister to all those workers who were digging out the Twin Towers. So many memories of the church at work by the power of the Holy Spirit, gifted Amazing people supporting one another as they poured their life out as community on behalf of others. The Christian movement out to the world really begins in the evening of what we call Easter now, when the disciples are gathered together in that house. The doors are locked because the disciples are so afraid. And the resurrected Jesus comes and stands among them. Does he deride them for their cowardly stance, their unwillingness to stay with him throughout all the trials of the crucifixion? No, Jesus comes and says, peace be with you. He shows his hands and his side, and they rejoice. It is uplifting to imagine what it must have been like to welcome the resurrected Jesus into their presence. And then Jesus says again, Peace be with you. And as the Father has sent me, so I send you. And then Jesus breathes the very Spirit of God on them and gifts them with this Holy Spirit and says, If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. And if you retain the sins of any, they are retained. And so those cowering disciples become bold, courageous believers who are willing to stand in so many places for Christ until their lives on earth end. The tradition has them traveling out across the Middle East Taking the gospel to Asia Minor, which is Turkey, Eastern Europe, Italy, Africa, India, and France. Today we begin this Easter taught sermon series on courage with a different focus each week. Today we're thinking about life in community, Christian community. We're looking for clues about how to live together with courage from the scripture. From the life of Dietrich Bonhoeffer, and from community capacity building, a sociological construct. For we need courage as people of faith as we climb out of the isolation of the pandemic and reengage in our public lives. The birth of the church, the body of Christ, begins with Jesus breathing the Holy Spirit upon. All those gathered I've never reacted to this scripture before like I have this past week when I don't want anyone to breathe on anyone but of course Jesus is beyond all disease and death his breath is life for all and here is a clue for living in community we all need the gift of the breath of the Holy Spirit to equip us, to take us to places we've never been before. So that's the first clue, the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then another clue for living in community is this idea of forgiving the sins of any. For if you forgive them, they are forgiven. If you retain them, they are retained. The ability to forgive and be forgiven is essential for living in community. Don't we know that? This directive from Jesus does not take away God's ability to forgive sins and desire, but it puts us in the picture as being agents of forgiveness as well. Each of us knows what it's like to hold on to a grudge or obsess over a wrong done. How the inability to forgive eats away at the core of our being, and when we retain it, it detains us from experiencing the joy and the peace that Christ offers. You and I pray the Lord's Prayer at least once a week. But do we practice it? Forgive us our sins, our debts, our trespasses, as we forgive those who sin against us. This is about God and us and others. We're in this together. Confession, forgiveness, and assurance of pardon are massive gifts to each of us. During this time of COVID, there are so many interpersonal relationships that have gotten a little bit off track, because we've not had access to all of the tools we usually have to work through issues with folk, like in-person body language. And I'd invite you to take an inventory of the areas where you need to ask forgiveness or forgive, and then prayerfully make a call, write a note, schedule a face-to-face conversation practice exercising the muscle of forgiveness it builds community our next lesson comes from thomas he was somewhere else that first easter evening he was not locked in the room and he missed out on the first appearance of jesus he wanted to see for himself He doubted if what his fellow believers said was true. Jesus comes again then to them one week later and says again, peace be with you. But then he directs his comments directly to Thomas. Put your finger here. Touch my hands. Reach out and touch my side. Thomas touches the wounds of Christ. Do not doubt but believe and Thomas confesses my Lord and my God. He goes from a doubter to a believer and then Jesus gives a gift to all of us who never get to walk with Jesus on this earth. Thomas, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. And the question comes to us as believers in our day, believers and doubters. Can we be both at the same time? I would say unequivocally, yes. And in fact, could we actually say together that certainty is antithetical to faith? You see, faith is a gift. It's a mystery. It's something we cannot entirely explain, but it's something that we hold. When someone is absolutely certain about something, could any, be per, any person be putting too much trust in their own ability to master and capture something? Could you and I actually be wrong? Here's an example. I've received the two doses of the Pfizer vaccine. I am not absolutely certain that those two doses will protect me from the COVID-19 virus. I believe it will. And I believe that scientists are using the best knowledge they have to protect us. But I am not absolutely certain. And I would say to you, if you are certain that you should not get a vaccine, I would ask you to check your certainty. for you may be wrong. Thomas doubts. And questions. You know, he might be like that student in the class that is willing to ask the hard questions for all of us, everyone else who wants to stay silent. How amazing to have a disciple who wants to touch Jesus. Thomas, in that touching, is united with Jesus in his suffering. How appropriate to ask, to want to know more to ask hard questions. That's what we are to do as members of a community, and we ask those questions together. So I invite you to write down your hard questions and ask them first of God, and then ask them in community as we gather for Bible study in small groups in community, however we gather. Here's another lesson. We do not get to see Jesus in this day and age, but we do get to see the body of Christ, the community of believers, the followers of Christ. Jesus blows his breath on the believers and they become his body. With his stripes and scars and wounds, we are healed. What does it mean for us to be like Thomas? who had the courage to touch the wounds of his beloved Savior and teacher. When we look back across the ages of, of Christians moving in this world, we see them willing to touch the wounded places in people and in society. Christians have not run from those hard places, those wounds. We come, we ask questions, we seek healing, we claim peace. God's shalom. Many of you are familiar with the story of Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Bonhoeffer was a German pastor, a German Lutheran pastor. He was born in 1906 and died on April 9th, 1945. He came to study in the United States before the Second World War. And many have wondered why he didn't stay here. In fact, he came twice. Why didn't he stay here instead of returning to the complexities of pre war Hitler in Germany? Bonhoeffer felt he needed to stand in solidarity with his brothers and sisters in Christ in the time of history that had been given to him. Bonhoeffer starts a theological seminary in the 1930s, and he stre- seeks to train up new pastors in what we now call the Confessing Church movement. When the Nazi regime disbands his seminary, he travels around Germany, supporting his students and pastors. The detailed struggle of the soul of the German church during that time is worthy of study. But ultimately, the Barman Declaration drafted by Karl Barth in May of 1934 is adopted by the confessing church movement and it insists that christ not the fuhrer was the head of the church only 20 percent of the german pastors signed on to the barman declaration this declaration is in our book of confessions as presbyterians bonhoeffer also lived in an intentional community And he writes a book that is a classic called Life Together. For you see, the National Lutheran Church was literally marching in lockstep with Hitler. And Bonhoeffer and his colleagues believed that Hitler was committing great atrocities to the point of needing to be stopped. Bonhoeffer continually spoke out against Hitler's euthanasia program and genocidal persecution of the Jews. Bonhoeffer was arrested in April of 1943 by the Gestapo and imprisoned at Tego prison for one and a half years. He would be released, but his efforts to stop the Nazis with his friends would not end. Many have struggled with the fact that Dietrich Bonhoeffer participated in an attempt to kill Hitler on July 20th, 1944. Bonhoeffer was arrested for that effort. He was held in the Flossenberg jail and ultimately tried and hanged. Other family members and members of the movement were killed as well. Books and letters help us study Bonhoeffer as we see his struggles and his courageous convictions. He states in regards to that attempt to kill Hitler that he was guilty of a wrong in attempting to take another person's life. But the wrongs that were being addressed were worse than that wrong. And God would be the ultimate judge of Dietrich Bonhoeffer. I quote, there's so many quotes that I'd love to share, but I'm going to just share one that comes from his book, Life Together, And in that quote, he quotes Martin Luther. Bonhoeffer says, Jesus Christ lived in the midst of his enemies. At the end, all his disciples deserted him. On the cross, he was utterly alone, surrounded by evildoers and mockers. For this cause, he had come to bring peace to the enemies of God. So the Christian, too, belongs not in the seclusion of this cloistered life, But in the thick of the foes, there is his commission, his work. And then the quote from Luther, the kingdom is to be in the midst of your enemies. All who will not suffer this does not want to be of the kingdom of Christ. He wants to be among friends, to sit among roses and lilies, not with the bad people, but the devout people. Oh, you blasphemy. Femurs and betrayers of Christ. If Christ had done what you are doing, who would have ever been spared? End of quote. Dietrich Bonhoeffer never moved alone. He was a part of a community. And that is what we encounter in the early church in our Acts 4 passage this morning. The disciples are working in what we call today community capacity building they were claiming a sense of community, which they first defined by being those who had known Jesus face to face, and then by those who were baptized by the early disciples. And then they debated whether you had to be a Jew first, and we see throughout the New Testament, all of their struggles to become a community of the people of the way. They are people that claim a commitment. Because it is dangerous to be a Christian, In that first century, one did not enter this community because it was the easy thing to do. One entered it because one had no choice, because of the convictions of faith that were being born in the believers. They were also working to solve problems together. The early church was faced with challenges of spaces to meet, meals to share, widows to feed, and leaders to trust. And that's part of building community, solving problems together. And finally, they were accessing resources. Landowners and wealthy patrons were required to support the early church, and they were there. The motivation of all of this is stated in the Gospel of John succinctly. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. And the motivation in 1 John, as written in the message, says, And now we're telling you in most sober prose that what we witnessed was incredibly this. The infinite life of God himself took shape before us. We saw it, we heard it, and now we're telling you so that you can experience it along with us. This experience of communion with the Father and the Son, Jesus Christ, our motive for writing is simply this. We want you to enjoy this too. Your joy will double our joy. End of 1st John. I began this sermon by remembering tragedies that brought the Christian community together that I have been a part of in the past. And I end this sermon by recalling joy. So many stories from the life of this community, from Bethany, that I am hearing. Stories of joy that you have told me. Joy in holding a memorial service for a friend here at Bethany, and you surrounded that friend and their family with such love. Joy in standing up for youth and children in our community, LGBTQI youth and other homeless youth. Supporting, being partners, networking to address the issues. Joy in accepting each one who has come out to us and creating a safe space to be God's beloved people. Joy in singing in the choir. Joy in participating in Tacoma Gay Pride Days. Joy in taking youth to Alaska on a mission trip. Joy in producing melodramas. Joy in in loving and serving with great pastors. Joy in worshiping together in this sanctuary. Joy in community. Join us, because we want you to experience this joy as well. And you being here will double our joy. And together we will join arms and have courage to be faithful believers as a community in whatever life is brought to us to the glory of God. Amen and amen.
3: Claim from floor to rafter, all are welcome. All are welcome. All are welcome in this place.
1: The Jews of Jesus' day had an elaborate economics system in place that was centered around the temple in Jerusalem and the synagogues that were across the land. A taxation system was also in place. But when the temple was destroyed in 70 AD, every system was in disarray. And we read in scripture that the Christians pooled their resources to make sure that everyone who was a part of the community had their needs met. And if we look back across Christian history, we will find that this is an effort that has been emulated across time. Christians gathering to care for not only themselves, but for those who are in need in their community. There are so many stories to uncover because this is the call of the church. And we continue here at Bethany to pool our resources, to lift high the witness that God is at work in our world. So we give all praise and thanks to God for the gifts that are given by this faith community. And so we continue to give online and by check mail to the church office. And I say on behalf of this session and this congregation, thank you. As we move to a time of prayer, I would like to invite you to use the comment box on Facebook to put in your personal joys that you would like to share and also concerns, so that we can be in prayer with you this week, uh, together as community.
3: Oh Lord my God, When I, in awesome wonder, consider all the worlds thy hands have made, I see the stars How great Thou art, how great Thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. How great Thou art, how great Thou art. When through the woods and forest glades I walk. scarce can take it in that on the cross my burden gladly bears.
1: image. And your image was an image of father, mother, spirit, son, wisdom, sustainer, breath, all circling together in the dance of creation, a community of life-giving power. We give thanks to the, the witness, for the witness of community down through the ages, all the way to our time. We know we can join so many organizations, a gym, a Costco, a club, the Lions, Rotary. We can meet up, but in baptism, you bind us together with believers, those who've been captured by your very power and the power of the resurrection. We want to be a part of your force for creating good not just random acts of kindness, but courageous stands for justice and equity. We have so many lessons to learn as a community. Teach us. We thank you for courageous members who've gone before us. And some of them that we love are experiencing the challenges of aging. And we ask that you would be with them, that you would give them peace, that you provide for them good medical care, and that we would not let them be alone. We pray for those that are facing cancer treatment these days. Bring healing, we pray. And for those that are in rehab, we ask that you would be with all those who know how to heal wounds and to get us walking again. Thank you for the medical community and all they mean to us these days. And in this city of Tacoma and in this county of Pierce, we thank you for the courageous initiatives to address homelessness, make us bold to make sure that everyone is housed and that we do not forget those on the margins of our community. As we begin to venture out, keep us mindful of others and content with simple celebrations and encounters. We are so grateful for a vaccine, but we pray that all would be included and that we might move safely. We pray this in the name of Christ, who taught us to pray saying together, Amen. to go out into the world in peace. Have courage. Hold on to that which you see in Jesus the Christ. Return no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak. Love and serve the Lord. Rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit and the love and the grace of God will be with you now and forevermore. Amen. And as we go, I'd like to invite you to join us for Coffee Hour on Zoom. The directions are above the comment box. We'd love to see you there for a hello on this day. God bless you.